You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. More intense. Hello there and welcome back to Faster, More Intense, a Star Wars podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and uh, joining me on this week's episode, we've got a, a, a new guest, a, a, a new friend that I've just made recently on Twitter. We've got uh, Maria from Sisters with Sabres. Uh, how's it going, Maria? Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, good. I'm 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 really excited to have you here. I, I we've been uh, expanding our our group of guest uh, hosts recently, and and you've just started a brand new podcast. Um, you've got three episodes out now, and uh, I we connected over Twitter, and I was like, hey, come on, come on, my podcast, and even our small audience i i can can hopefully uh, help you get your new show out to more people um so uh before we jump into news because we got we got one very big thing to talk about in the news um why don't you tell everybody about the show about about sisters with sabers and uh what they can expect okay uh yeah so um thanks for having me if i if i didn't say it already thank you so much yeah um Sisters with Sabers is just a um, a podcast uh, for and uh, by Black women who love Star Wars. So um, I, I've been listening to pods for a long time, over four or five years, that are uh, directly linked to Star Wars, and I thought it would be a good idea to get our voices out there in the community. So. Um, as you said, we've got about three or four episodes. We've got one coming uh, Friday night, uh, and it's going to be a really interesting discussion around uh, Ray and the uh, experience of being a biracial woman. Uh, so we're going to compare that to Ray's journey, and it's going to be a really fun time. Um, and I have a couple of co-hosts that hang out with me, and it's open to any black women that want to come on and share their experience right now it's me and raven are the two uh constant hosts of the show nice um yeah i've i've been saying a lot lately uh that um both on this show as well as on on my other podcast uh, the thunder quack podcast that um that i've gotten really tired of the same voices <laughs> Uh, and it's it's a bit of an ironic thing because it is very much me, right? It's very much like the white guy between the ages of 25 and 40 uh, uh, talking about Star Wars from that perspective. Uh, I, th- I think that we've got about 40 years of 
that content out there that you can find that's very easily accessible. And and recently, um, especially like post uh, Rise of Skywalker, I was just um, kind of exhausted by it. And I think actually it probably ties back in more to, to The Last Jedi and what I liked about that movie. Um, and then and then going into Rise of Skywalker and, and, and for me personally being disappointed by a lot of that story, not really understanding why um, until I started really listening to to women in in the Star Wars fandom and their perspective and learning more about um, about uh, the the heroine's journey and feminine gaze and stuff like that and and then going back and watching the last jedi again and and thinking about rise of skywalker and watching that with that new perspective and realizing like oh i was actually like like because i was investing in ray as a character that's where i was going and uh and so that's why i was let down in rise of skywalker when it didn't continue some of those themes um so that that whole perspective was something that was very foreign to me um, and and definitely uh, not something that I hear talked about on a lot of the the sort of bigger Star Wars podcasts. So so I started you know searching out n- new voices and that sort of thing, and that's that's really informed a lot of the people that we've had on that we're going to be having on in the near future as well um, on on this show because I want to make sure that that all of these voices I I are are represented and 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 get heard because not out like yes also out of like the altruistic like hey we should do this uh, because it's a good thing um like the like like allyship and all of that sort of aspect of it but also just because like selfishly for me it's getting these new perspectives um enriches my perspective on star wars right so uh, so yeah, definitely like your show uh, is is definitely giving me a perspective that that I've not um, uh, I don't know like it's, it's hard to find the right words like not been exposed to not because because in the geeky circles I think it's something that you have to seek out right because the the stuff that's on the surface is often like I'm saying it's a bunch of guys like me talking about the same stuff uh, and and talking from the same perspectives. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first episode, um, and I, I highly recommend the show to everybody. I think everybody should go, go give it a listen. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, hope that, I hope that our listeners uh, can jump over there and, and give you guys some love and, uh, and, uh, and share it with, with everybody that they share podcasts with. Um, so all of that to say, I'm really happy to have you here. <laughs> it's really exciting <laughs> to have you here. Um, Thanks, and for man. Us to That's be, such a great compliment. Yeah, um, for us to be to be expanding our circle, um, kind of rapidly all at once. <laughs> but that's uh, awesome. I, but uh, I think that like it's it's one of those things that I want to be sure that we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I I that that it's very clear that like this is an intentional choice like that that uh, having more women on the podcast uh, having more people of color on the podcast I uh, uh, so that it's not just Matt and I two white guys <laughs> telling you what we think about Star Wars um because as I said like it does it it's it's enriching for uh your perspective on Star Wars which is this shared mythology that we all have um and to me it's it's probably 
the the best thing that we can do to deal with some of the obnoxiousness in the community and some of the rifts and, and divides that have happened and definitely some of the more negative stuff that's happened in the last few months um i sort of you know i i downplay some of the voices that have a lot of the power right now that are abusing that power um, mm-hmm. and lift up some of the other people that have much more interesting things to say than um, than just being mad that Luke Skywalker doesn't cut guys in half in mm-hmm. the sequels right um, so yeah let's I, I <laughs> will steer away from that (laughs) but not too far because we're going to talk about our first news item which is that uh the bad batch is are getting their own series (laughs) um i talked a Mm -hmm. lot more about this over on rebel cells uh yesterday with uh with jonah marie uh from radicalgrid.com and uh we kind of got into it um i and and you know like there's good and bad about this about this announcement for those who don't know um maybe you don't really check out the animated stuff you're here for the live action chat um bad batch was the first arc of season seven uh the bad batch clones clone force 99 are for i i they're they're clones with i think they call them desirable defects where it's like they're they're not quite perfect uh, duplicates like all, like the rest of the clones, um, but the their defects give them sort of specializations. So the easiest one to point out is Wrecker is gigantic. Like he's bigger than the rest of the clones. He's a muscle head and he likes to blow stuff up. Um, so they're all kind of modeled after action st- uh, trope stereotypes. Um, and uh, and Echo ended up joining them by the end of that arc. And so. Uh, it really felt like they were setting up something and, and it wasn't that surprising, I think, to a lot of people that they were getting their own series. Um, so th- so Lucasfilm announced yesterday that, that it's coming to Disney Plus in 2021 um, and it's going to be an animated series basically from the same people that have brought us Clone Wars, Resistance, Star Wars, Rebels. It's, all, it's a lot of familiar names um, for people who, uh, who've paid attention to that stuff. Um, but I, I, I can I could talk about my feelings on it uh, ad nauseum, but I've already done that on Rebel Cells. So I'm really curious, Maria. Like, how do you, how did you react to this news to 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 this show specifically being announced? I think more Clone Wars is is always a good thing. My my daughter's named after the Clone Wars, so um, it's a really special period in Star Wars history for me. It was my, my gateway in was the Clone Wars. So okay. um, I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of attachment to the um, Clone Force 99, otherwise known as the Bad Batch, but um, it does open the door for other opportunities to see who they do report to, what missions they go on. So yeah, I think it's a really nice jumping off point to discover what else is out there. And I think there's a lot of things that they could accomplish. Um, so I'm excited. Cool. Um, yeah, it's a, th- there's a lot of possibility with it. And I, and I think that, that, that it could go in a really interesting direction. Um, for, for me, it's a little bit, um, I said this uh, on on the other show 
I, and it's, it's the sentiment that I heard from a lot of people yesterday was that I, oh, this isn't really like, this wouldn't have been my first choice. It's not what I was asking for, but, uh, but okay, cool. Um, and, and I definitely echo that. Um, but only I think because I would really love, uh, a, a sequel series to Star Wars Rebels because that's that's one of my favorite it is my favorite Star Wars story my my favorite uh, of, of sort of like the I guess sub franchises within Star Wars um, and I would really love to see where those characters go um, in, in particular with uh, with Ahsoka and Sabine um, yeah. and, and seeing the continuation of that Ezra. story um, but I, I, but there's there is potential within the Bad Batch series, and there there are already rumors um, that uh, that Ahsoka and Rex will be featured in this show pretty heavily. Um, so I I hope that that's true. I also I also hope that we're gonna get some new characters, um, and that that I'm really hoping that that maybe we can get some new, um, uh, like a new female character. I expect that we'll get a new droid, um, because how can you have a Star Wars series without a droid? Um, That's true. And, uh, and, and, and some sort of alien companion, um, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, they'll sort that out and we'll, we'll get, whether it's a, whether it's a, like a Zeb or Chewbacca type character or, mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's more pet like or something like that. We've got to have those elements in, in star Wars as well. Cause I, I can't, I, the problem is that I can absolutely imagine a show that is just about five of the same guy. I, I <laughs> but I would rather that that not be the show. <laughs> that seems a little bit, a little bit lazy um just kind of just kind it's too easy um but but if if the last couple of years have shown us anything i think it's that that uh lucasfilm is all about the the the, the trojan horse concepts right now with the mandalorian and and uh i i i think that the cassian show will be a very similar thing it's like mm-hmm. they put they're putting the male hero characters up front um and then sort of like sneaking in uh like like in solo <laughs> we ended up with a bunch of great characters um but like you're putting han solo up front and center right in order to get people in um so so i i really hold out hope that especially because i uh, the the head, they announced that the head writer is jennifer corbett um and and that those characters and uh, a woman uh, as the head writer, it's like like there's there's got to be more to the show than that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I get the feeling that it's going to draw inspiration from the Republic Commando stuff. Um, and in that, I can't remember the character's name, but there is a Jedi that's with those Republic Commandos, and uh, and and like she's one of the main characters. And and I I'm. I'm guessing that we'll get a similar type of dynamic in some way um, with, with these characters uh, uh, and with whoever the supporting cast ends up being. So that's my hope for it. What, what, what would you want to see on it? What's, what's sort of your number one thing uh, that you would want the Bad Batch to cover? 
Well, I think you kind of you kind of hit it. Is things all things aren't always as they appear, right? So on the surface, it looks like we're telling, you know, a story about D. Bradley Baker voicing five people. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I think it would be nice to see some of the Clone Wars arcs wrapped up. I think it would be maybe we can't do all of Dark Disciple, but maybe we check in on Ventress or something like that. There's a lot of great characters. Uh, from the Clone Wars that never really got uh, a serious finale like Cad Bane. You know, um, there, there's a lot of them out there. Hondo, we, we never really see what happens to him. I know there's a book and there's there's some other supplementary material out there, but I think uh, there's always a really good way to do a quick Hondo, you know, uh, exchange. She's really good at that. So I think there's a lot of potential for that for sure. Yeah, that w- I think that was one of the main things that that Jonah and I talked about. Um, that that she got me really excited about it actually when she started talking about the uh, the the sort of underworld um, aspect of it. Because if these guys are going to be working as mercenaries, um, they're going to be interacting with uh, with with the likes of Jabba and and the bounty hunters and that sort of thing. Um, and we talked a lot about the potential of them taking that final Boba Fett story that was intended for, for the Clone Wars and actually adapting that uh, into this new series. And that, that storyline really, really focused on Cad Bane um, and might have been a way of wrapping up his character or might have just been another sort of another moment in that character's story. So um, yeah, the opportunity to bring Cad Bane back is is one that I will always uh, support. Prince. Um, uh, and uh, I, Hondo, you mentioned. Uh, Hondo's, Hondo is my favorite character that's come out of the animated stuff. Um, and a big part of that is the fact that it's Jim Cummings, who is also the voice of Darkwing <laughs> Duck, uh, I, which, which is one of my favorite characters of all time. So um but but that character of hondo as he shows up in 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 clone wars and rebels and and now you can see him at i guess right now you can't go see him at galaxy's edge but um theoretically when the world goes back to normal you could go see him at galaxy's edge i i yeah i i i can't imagine a world where hondo doesn't show up in this series at some point mm-hmm. um in fact the 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 one massive disappointment that's not true there i was i was not a huge fan of resistance but i think the biggest mistake they made with that show is that hondo never shows up um Hmm. because he even shows up in the freemaker adventures which i don't know if you've ever watched that (laughs) but but he shows up in there and and uh and and has a pretty great episode uh, on freemaker adventures so like hondo hondo is is everywhere um, I, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't show up in this. I, but yeah, I cool. Um, I, I don't know. I like I said that we've got a very detailed uh, dive into that over on Rebel Cells. So so unless did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Bad Batch before we move into the main topic? Um, you know, I, I'd be interested in seeing the ship designs for the show. Will they continue? along the same lines of the Clone Wars era ships, or will they transition into the Empire sort of design? So I'm curious as to what the design of the ships will look like. Mm. Yeah, because uh, the Bad Batch had kind of their own 
mm-hmm. modified Style. shuttle, right? Yeah, to reflect their unique personality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it would be interesting um, if they continue with that ship or if we get a new one, because uh, it's always that's always the the one of the one of the big things for Star Wars is your home base, right? So and. In Clone Wars, we originally had the Twilight, which they sort of pitched as being the Millennium Falcon of of that series, and then they very quickly abandoned it. But I, I, we had the Ghost in Rebels, obviously, and and in Resistance, we had the Colossus itself, which we didn't realize until season two was a, sh- a ship. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I they, they could definitely add some more personality. Um, uh, and character to, uh, to, I think they'll need a bigger ship. I don't think that that shuttle was quite big enough for them no. to live on. Um, but uh, but we'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, I'm sure that we're gonna get news uh, sometime in in late August, early September, around when Star Wars Celebration would have happened. Mm. Um, so I uh, I'd say stay tuned to to Rebel Cells. Um, but we'll also touch on that stuff uh, just as we are right now on on. Uh, on faster, more intense, uh, even though we're more focused on the live action stuff. Uh, cool. With that, we're going to take a quick break for some ads, and then we are going to dive into our main topic. Okay. Uh, so people who are on the social medias, uh, particularly Twitter, may have noticed over the weekend uh, that uh, randomly, out of nowhere, The Last Jedi started trending. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know if anybody traced it back to anything or figured out why it started trending, but it did. And uh, it was one of those things where sometimes it shows up on the trending list and then it moves up the trending list because people start talking about the fact that it's trending. Um, so it just kind of snowballs and feeds itself. Uh, it, it's, uh, it got me so hyped for for like conversation about The Last Jedi that I actually ended up watching it on sunday afternoon um and uh and and doing a whole uh like live tweet of of my viewing of the last jedi so you can go into my twitter feed and, and uh dig that up but uh i yeah uh, i just thought it would be a great opportunity for us to 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 jump into the last jedi and and talk about it and and sort of talk about the uh the the great stuff that it does and uh and uh, I, inevitably, it'll probably get into me griping a little bit about Rise of Skywalker, but I'll try and keep it to a minimum. We've talked a lot about Rise uh, in the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I, I'll start with this. Everybody listening probably knows my opinions on The Last Jedi at this point. Um, Maria, what's, what's, your, what's your relationship to The Last Jedi? Love it, hate it, uh, somewhere in the middle? I adore it um, for all the things that... Um, our problems I feel like it was the strongest of the three of the sequel trilogy um, because it gave us something completely new and different Um, I feel like Ryan Johnson made a lot of bold choices and um, for better or worse um, he was trying to make his own song if, Mm. if that's even a thing instead of just covering the song and um, I really respect the fact that he had the balls to do that. Yeah, for sure. I, I, th- I think for me that that is probably one of the biggest things as well with The Last Jedi. Um, I always talk th- about the fact that when, when people ask me, you know, what do you want to see from 
uh, from Star Wars, from the next movie, from the next show, from whatever. Um, I always say, like, I want to be surprised. I want to be. I, I want to see something I haven't seen before. I want to. I want to experience something new or something from a perspective that I haven't thought of. Um, and we got a lot of that in the last. That's really Jedi. hard to do with a forty-year-old franchise. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, it's 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 really easy to avoid doing any of the expanded universe stuff though, because a lot of it doesn't doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> so I think you can mm-hmm. stay away from a lot of that stuff. But um, but but yeah, it it, it th- there is a there is definitely a challenge there. I think that I think you see that with the other movies that came out, not just Rise, but also The Force Awakens with Rogue One with Solo. There was a lot of um, sticking pretty close to familiar territory in the other movies that came out, and they would sort of have a slightly different flavor, different twist to them. But but ultimately everything was pretty was was played it pretty safe. Um, but but the Last Jedi definitely pushed some things further and and broke new ground and really changed our understanding of the force. Um, and, uh, and, and, and just dug deeper with a lot of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because like the, the, the examination of Luke Skywalker as a character and his perspectives on the force in that movie really, um, they whether you like it or not i think it 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 forces you to think about it which is what the original movies did honestly i mean the uh, it, it's it's one of those funny things where people will complain that oh well it, that's never we've never seen that before they do, they can't jedi can't do that or whatever and it's like well if you go back to the original star wars a jedi can't really do very much <laughs> Right, uh, they can predict where a blaster bolt's gonna <laughs> gonna come at them, and they can mind trick, uh, and they can fight with a lightsaber, uh, and it's all kind of. Uh, oh, there's a lot of the stuff about reflexes and and uh, uh, and targeting and that sort of thing, but there's not really much else. It wasn't like if you think about it in Empire, it's so like sort of secondhand. Uh, 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 not second hand, but like second nature, in the way that we think about the Jedi now, that they have telekinesis and that they can grab things with their minds. But if you put yourself in the perspective of someone who is seeing Empire for the first time, when Luke is hanging upside down and his lightsaber is in the snow, you're like, "Well, it's, how's he going to get out of this?" And when he reaches his hand out and the lightsaber starts to wiggle and then it comes into his hand, that was brand new. Like that was nothing like that happened in the first movie. That was brand new information. Um, and, and then I, I, I mean, I guess the Vader force choked, so that's kind of similar, but, but seeing somebody like pull something through the air was, was a completely new thing. Um, and then when we get into the prequels, it's like the Jedi are doing all sorts of crazy stuff that we've never seen them do before. Um, like in, in attack of the clones, when, when, uh, I guess even in, in return of the Jedi, when Palpatine uses lightning, that's a surprise. Uh, and then when Dooku uses lightning in attack of the clones and, and Obi-Wan absorbs it with his lightsaber, 
<laughs> and then even within later on in that scene when Yoda shows up and he doesn't even yeah. use his lightsaber, he just grabs it in his hand, right? Yeah, that's, and, that's the scene where a yeah. lot of people feel we jump the shark a little bit. Yeah, yeah that is that is definitely a perspective. Um, but but it's like the the force is bigger than just like sort of what we know it to be. And then in Clone mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, with the Mortis arc and then with the with the Wills arc at the end of season six with Yoda, it's like we 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 get into all this weird stuff, and uh, and for me like Star Wars is often at its best when it's weird, when it's when it's going into odd places and and sort of pushing the boundaries, um, and uh, and the Last Jedi gets that the Last Jedi is weird. It's a very weird movie. Um, but it's also just, I think it's just really expertly written uh, on top of that. You can't just be weird. You also have to have a, a great story with great characters. But, uh, but yeah, when we see Luke drinking the green milk, uh, hmm. that first time you're like, what is happening right now? I, it's, you're just sort of like thrown by it. Don't you just love that scene? So good. It's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, but it's my favorite scene in the movie because it says so much mm-hmm. with any, without anybody saying anything, right? Absolutely. Ray has come to Octo to, she thinks, find a legendary <laughs> hero and she finds a crazy old hermit, right? Mm-hmm. Much the, like Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the callback to that. And, and uh, but, but with a purpose, it's not just a callback for callback's sake. Like we're learning so much about Luke and where he's at and his state of mind and, Mm -hmm. and sort of getting an idea of how long he's been in seclusion and, and he's his, his, um, his manners have kind of gone to the wayside. His social niceties are not at the top of his list. Um, Right. It's also a communication to the viewer. Like this is not the Luke Skywalker you saw, you know, in 77. Yeah, for sure, and uh, I and and like that was one of my observations when I was watching it on Sunday. Is it's just how much of the movie is show don't tell. Um, there, there's so much that's that's communicated visually or through the performances, mm-hmm. um, and and I, I think honestly that's the sequel trilogy overall. Yeah, I honestly think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people have a problem with the Last Jedi is because it there is a lot that's open. Um, that it, it, it can be a very subjective movie as a result. Um, and, and so when you get into the sort of open for interpretation subjectivity of it, um, people are going to start to, uh, I, th- there's an ownership element to star Wars that I talk about mm-hmm. a lot where people build their identities around it. And so they really feel like they have some sort of stake in the characters, right? Like a, like an actual literal stake in the characters. <laughs> and so you're when, telling me, yeah, when, when you get into a movie like the last Jedi and a character who is so important to so many people like Luke Skywalker doesn't behave in the way that they expect. And it's not outright explained from the outset. Um, because I do think that over the course of the movie, they eventually get there with, with the Rashomon sequences, mm-hmm. but initially he, he chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder and that's the antithesis of what everybody wanted, right? Everybody wanted him to ignite mm-hmm. that lightsaber for the first time in, you know, 30 odd years. And, uh, and, 
and to uh, uh, train Ray like Yoda trained Luke and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and for, for Ray to build her own lightsaber and, you know, for, for it to, to go along all of these paths. Um, and then for him to, to rejoin the fight. Um, and, and, and Ryan Johnson just subverts our expectations at every turn. Right. I mean, Mm-hmm. It's, it's it was the first movie I was on the edge of my seat watching. Yeah, like I, I was excited for the Force Awakens, but I wasn't on the edge of my seat. Especially like when when Snoke dies, I'm like, wow, all bets are off now. We can do whatever we want now. You're you're 100 percent right that it is. You do get into completely uncharted territory. Um, it's uh, to me, it's the way that that it condenses. Um, Empire and Jedi into one story um, mm -hmm. which which I think everybody went into it expecting it to be because especially because The Force Awakens was such a send up of A New Hope it was mm -hmm. it was so um, uh, closely rhyming with with that original Star Wars oh yeah intentionally like completely on purpose I think people went into The Last Jedi going like okay so now we're going to get Empire Right, it's gonna go this beat, this beat, this beat, this beat, this beat, end with the mm -hmm. twist, and we're out. Right, end on end on, end on the bummer, and we'll come back in the third one. And instead, it's um, I mean, it still ends on a bummer, but it ends on a very hopeful bummer. I I, but but you are like part way through that movie, and I and and she leaves. Luke doesn't finish her training, just like Luke mm -hmm. left and and didn't didn't get his final lessons from Yoda. Um, but she just skips over the end of Empire Strikes Back and uh, and and the beginning of Return of the Jedi straight to the Emperor's throne room, <laughs> right? She just gives herself up to to Kylo Ren and and they go into the throne room and and deal with the Snoke thing, and. Um, and when Snoke dies, you're just like, well, what's going to happen now? Mm -hmm. is, does this mean that Ben, like, was she right? Is Ben saved? Is he, it, has she turned him back to the light side? That seemed a mm -hmm. little easy. Uh, and then you get through that whole fight, you get to the end of it. And, and he, of course, makes the choice that he makes, um, which to me is such a, it's such a difficult but great moment because you feel what Ray feels in that moment. You want him to just go with her, like just just put down his lightsaber and just go with her. And he gets there eventually, but um, <laughs> but not in this movie. <laughs> right. And uh, and the like Adam Driver's performance is in that moment. I think one of the best performances in all of star wars when you just see how how bent his perspective is mm -hmm. that he can't he just at that point in time he just can't move away from these ideas that that snoke and later we'll find out palpatine have been putting into his head right like he he and i to me i think the biggest thing is that he's He's got so much shame and so much regret over killing Han Solo, uh, over killing his father that he can't face his mother, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and so it's not even so much that he wants to be there; he wants to be the supreme leader. He just feels utterly trapped, and and so his his reaction to Ray isn't 
um, it's not anger or or frustration. It's like it's desperation. Like when when he's like, no, no, you're you're not listening, right? He's like he's so desperate for her to understand where he's at, but he doesn't have the emotional maturity to express it to her at that point. Um, and I, it's there's so much going on. And again, this is all the subtext of it. And 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 I don't know that it comes across to everybody. I don't know that everybody catches all of that subtext because it's not necessarily what they're prepared for. Right. They, they, they want their villain to be a straight up villain. Um, right. And, and Kylo. There's a Ren lot slash, of ambiguity. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like, there's, he lives in the middle of that gray, right? He's, <laughs> he's torn, torn between the light side and the dark side. Um, and uh, I, what he says in the force awakens where he's like, like uh, uh, by the will of your training, I won't be seduced by the light. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, when he says that, He's sort of talking in a general sense, but as the series goes on, as the sequel trilogy goes on, we learn that 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 actually refers to Ray specifically, right? That mm-hmm. she's kind she's always kind of taunting him back towards this. Um but uh but then weirdly in the third movie she doesn't care anymore and he comes back to the light side anyways. Um but uh that's a whole other thing. Uh <laughs> But yeah, like like that 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 idea of her of it of reversing it. It's it's the opposite of Anakin's story, right? Where where she's she's pulling him back to the light side as opposed to Palpatine pulling Anakin towards the dark side. Um, I just I love the mirroring of that and the and the 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 fact that the the Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker they pay a lot of deference to the original trilogy, but they don't really dig into the prequel stuff very much. And the last mm-hmm. Jedi does it all. Like it, it, it takes it in as, as all as one story. And, and there's like, even hearing the name Darth Sidious come out of Luke's mouth is it, I, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes me excited every time. <laughs> even I've seen the movie so many times and it doesn't go away. I'm always so like i'm not shocked but like just sort of like it just it it just sort of like tickles me a little bit right um so yeah i've talked a lot i i want to i want to hear more about about what you think of of uh of the last jedi and how you feel about it well i think that that fight scene is probably the greatest fight scene i've seen in a star wars film um, you talked about that throne room scene. There's a lot going on there. I'm I'm a big Canto Bite person. Like I love Canto Bite. It it's a respite from the slow car chase in space, um, and also it gives us a chance to think about the little guys that are being impacted by these crazy wars. And um, the same is true in our galaxy. There's a lot of players, but we're not thinking always about the the guys on the ground and what they're going to have to go through because of the choices that are being made. Um, And I think nobody's talked about that since the prequels. And that's one of the things I loved about The Last Jedi is the kids in the stable and and talking about what their experience is like. Uh, Much like when, you know, Qui-Gon first met Anakin. 
like they were in a small part of the galaxy um, and Anakin at that point was just one of the citizens of the galaxy um, under slavery oppression you know and how do the Jedi's choices impact those people um, so I was I was really excited to see that come back and um, I liked a lot of the choices that Ryan made to put Rose and Finn together. I think Finn could have had a, a much stronger arc, um, but I will say this. I like the pairing uh, of Finn and Rose. I think it does a lot of things. It accomplishes um, more diversity, which is always a good thing. Uh, it also sets the table for any interracial children that are seeing their families represented on screen for the very first time which is so big that's so important for a mm. child to see that um their their life is validated and it's meaningful and it's okay um i think it also gives the spotlight to um two races that are not um often seen together uh working together so that's a good thing um and i think it gives us the opportunity to see those individuals in a different light. You know, Rose Tico is a beautiful young lady and I did not imagine they were gonna show her in that light and her sister even when before she died. Like uh, two beautiful ladies front and center, mm -hmm. showing them as they are, not drenched in makeup. You know, I just thought it was so powerful for women, especially Asian women, who often don't get to take center stage, or if they do, it's in some, you know, weird capacity. Uh, so I thought there were a lot of really good things that came from the Finn and, and Rose combination. Um, I'm not a fan of DJ, I just think, <sighs> Benicio Del Toro just, you can't get away from the fact that it's Benicio Del Toro. In Star Wars yeah he's just got such a signature look and you know speech pattern it's just it's really distracting but be that as it may it's it's still a, a Latino person in Star Wars so that's that's better than not so um, I think there was a lot of really good diversity shown and I love the end of The Last Jedi because that's really what Star Wars is about. It's about passing it on to our kids, inspiring our kids the way we were inspired. I have a, a daughter, she's almost two, Ahsoka, and and I'm passing it on to her. Mm -hmm. And and it's so inspiring. Like I, I was in tears at the end of The Last Jedi. Like that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's about that next generation saying, hey. If they did it, I can do it. I can do something. I can make a difference. Uh, so I, I love The Last Jedi. I don't know if I can say enough good things about it. The wardrobe. Oh my God, the costumes are good. So good. Yeah. Like uh, the Finn yeah. There's costume. some there's there's oh some gosh. moments. As I'm like Canto Bite especially has some really crazy stuff that we haven't seen <laughs> yeah. before. Um, that's so great but love the but, aliens too yeah i uh, yeah well i mean i always say like i uh, we we come into that scene and we take a hard right turn out of 
our uh, original trilogy nostalgia right into the prequels, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like everything is shiny and ornate and everybody's all dressed up and it's all these aliens, such a, like a diverse uh, uh, sort of setting, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, but it, like, it just, it reminds me so much of Coruscant and, and like the, yeah. the opera scene from, uh, from Revenge of the Sith, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's got that vibe to it. Absolutely. Um, but but when I think of the costumes in in the Last Jedi, I I always think of Leia, um, and uh, as much as like I I like the attitude of the Force Awakens where it was like she's she's kind of abandoned a bit of the 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 princess thing, and mm-hmm. uh, and is really focused in on on you know a general Organa, um, and the fight, the mission, but, yeah. But at the end of that movie, she is in a very, like, senatorial sort of outfit. So we did see a little bit of a transition there towards the end of the movie. Um, and then for Ryan to basically, like, pick that up and, and just put Leia in, in in such great outfits. That, the mm-hmm. the cape at the end, uh, that, that one shot where she's standing looking out on Crate, and uh, and it uh, and then it does the reverse shot of her face as as the the doors are closing, um, and the lights sort of uh, coming down on her face. And we get that great eye light. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, it that screams Princess Leia, um, just at the top of its lungs. Uh, but it's such a quiet moment, and it's so good. I love it. Um, yeah, they. I think that they outdid themselves on on Last Jedi, and it actually like for for me, I I Force Awakens is good for costume design as well, but um, Rise of Skywalker just felt so safe. Other mm-hmm. than like Finn got it got a, a kind of an upgrade to his outfit. I liked what what Poe how Poe was dressed, but Ray just kind of got a remix of her previous couple of outfits, her previous mm-hmm. three outfits. Um, and but then the like sort of the rest of the cast it was it was all kind of samey um whereas there was yeah. so much visual interest in in the last jedi throughout it even down to like the 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 bomber crews had different colored like they had different flight suits from the x-wing pilots mm-hmm. right like it, it and and tally had a completely different flight suit from everybody else so it, it, there was just like that variety in it um and so scenes like the 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 bridge of the of the radis um or the mm-hmm. command room or not the bridge but the command room when holdo's giving her speech and you look around at all of the the resistance soldiers and it's like yeah everybody looks like they're in uniform but everybody also kind of looks unique everybody has kind of like their own their own style and their own vibe except for the 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 pilots are all on basically the same pilot gear but um but yeah like it, yeah, there, there's just such a there, there's such a great like you could turn the sound off and just look at that movie and be entertained i think um because they do such a good job with the character design and 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 concept art and everything um but I will Absolutely. give them flack that Maz Kanata is wearing the same outfit in that movie as well. <laughs> She's in all three movies and she wears the exact same thing all three times. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. Like, She's like Mr. Rogers. She's just got a million of the same shirt hanging up the in one. there. Absolutely. 
No, I think uh, I think costume design tells the story as well. Like it's world building in a different way. It's visually building the world. So when you have those diverse costumes, it really opens up um, the universe and gives you a more diverse look at what's going on there. I thought Carrie Fisher was just amazing in The Last Jedi. Like that was the most Carrie Fisher she's ever shown up in a Star Wars movie. And I loved every second of it. And it, it doesn't get better than seeing her slap somebody across the face. Like that was just amazing. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially because Poe deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, yeah. At that moment, he, yeah. he really kind of. Yeah. Um, crap the bed. <laughs> I've I, I've always said like from 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 day one with the Last Jedi that uh, she gives him such a hard time. She treats Poe the way that she does because she just sees Han. I think mm-hmm. like like and the and the way that she smacks him across the face it's like she's slapping Han. She it's it's it, there's so much of um and it's one of the reasons why why I like Poe's dynamic in in Rise of Skywalker frustrates me so much. It's because it, like they 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 paint him as as like oh he was like this outlaw loner before he joined the resistance and, and it's like well okay first of all we have all this other backstory from him Common, being part of the yeah. new republic navy and <laughs> and all that sort of thing but um like like and i'm really hoping that that uh, that free fall which comes out in a few weeks mm-hmm. uh can really dig in and give us more more of the backstory and fill in some of the gaps because they need to know like what happened to his parents because his parents are painted as such like like caring and thoughtful parents in in mm-hmm. shattered empire like everything yeah. they're doing they're doing for him um right. rebellion heroes yeah yeah um so so i really need to know what happens to them uh to to Sharabe and kestamarin like it's like that's important to me um i but like how does poe end up where he ends up and i've always felt that one of the reasons why he ends up in the resistance is because Leia, after, after she, um, fails with Ben, right. As, as she sees it, mm-hmm. she ends up kind of almost targeting Poe because of how many similarities there are. And she sees it as a do over. Um, and it's one of the reasons like, like Ben Solo and Poe Dameron never getting to see each other again. Like obviously he, he was face to face with him when he was Kylo Ren, but them never, that that thread never resolving um because leia never really saying anything to poe and poe never really getting to say anything to leia because of the that's circumstance that's not really fair to to say of the writers of rise of skywalker we didn't yeah, get that's the opportunity to do that stuff but um but that dynamic that that mother son dynamic between poe and leia um, that is also tied up in how much Poe is like Han, and that's why she can see him as a son, right? Because it's like, it, like, like I could, I could believe a scene where, where she says like gets mad at him and says like you're just like your father, and and for him to be like, what are you talking about? Like, 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 like Kess and he's like, no, never mind. And like for it to be like brushed off as like a, like a, she was talking about Han cause she's transferred all of her feelings about Ben onto Poe, which is why she's so mad at him when he fails, when, 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 when he lets her down. Right. Um, 
and and for whatever reason poe wants that in his life as well and seeks it out with leia and that's why he respects leia but then has so many issues with holdo and and with other characters right Mm -hmm. um well it's a different type of leadership when you're talking about holdo very very different leadership style oh for sure um but but i think like like leia and and poe have such a such a casual aspect to their relationship to their working relationship that she's able to call him on on his nonsense and he actually hears it when she says it um but but then when holdo does the same thing later on in the movie and is like you 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 did get demoted that was leia's last act right <laughs> um and he gets his hackles up because here's this person uh and i i think very specifically here's this woman I think that Ryan was driving at something with that and trying to teach us a lesson. Um, and it's one that I really took to heart because uh, I see like I, if, if I if I'm going to project myself into any character in the sequel trilogy, it's going to be Poe. Um, and and like I see that dynamic and, and sort of the 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 bristling at a, at a female authority figure and that sort of thing. And I and I recognize that that's definitely like like a lot of guys are raised to behave that way. Right. Um, and I think that Ryan was trying to get that across is that like, like Poe's even in a galaxy far, far away, Poe's got some wrong headed ideas that he needs to get over when he, when he turns to, to the guy next to him and goes like, like that's Admiral Holdo, like battle of Chiron belt, Admiral Holdo. And the guy's like, yeah, I guess like, like, why are you questioning it? (laughs) Um, but for him, it's like, like seeing this woman in a, beautiful gown standing in front of him when like the like there's an irony there of like holdo is so much cut from the same cloth as leia um and and she even kind of almost reminds us a little bit of of leia in her younger years um and yet poe doesn't see that he just sees this female authority figure and then in rise of skywalker he's also got issues with ray calling the shots and he's like he's like no you need to listen to me and it's it there's a uh although i don't think he should have done that because he learned his lesson in the last jedi and he should have evolved into into rise of skywalker but um but yeah like his his journey of of not understanding holdo uh not listening to her uh not following orders in general uh and that but then by the end of the movie um uh, becoming a, a, a true leader and I think like this is one of the places where where I get really frustrated with Rise is that Leia at the end of the movie when they're in the in the bunker in the base and Poe is like everybody follow me and and uh, and everybody turns to Leia and Leia says I, what are you looking at me for follow him like that's her that's the character saying to the audience I am now passing the torch to the next generation. I'm not the leader of the resistance anymore. It's actually now it's Poe. Like he is the leader of the resistance. He, that thing that he wanted when, um, um, oh man, I can never remember that character's name. The Leia is like number two that, 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 that Connix? introduces. Sorry. Are you talking about Lieutenant Connix or? No, that's the, the, that's Billy Lord's character. No, the, the other woman, the, I, uh, that introduces Holdo 
that she's oh making a whole god, speech. Oh my god, the curly haired lady. Yeah, yeah, I can never remember her character's yeah. name. Probably because it's never said in the movie, in any of the movies. But um, that moment where he's like, he's he's like getting like psyching himself up because he's like, I'm about to have to stand up and assume leadership while Leia is mm-hmm. is out of commission. Um, and then it's like Admiral Holdo, and he's just so deflated. To and but then to get to the end of the mm-hmm. movie where where Leia is like, no, he's he's our leader. Like they like listen to him. He's 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 grown up. He's he's had his. Uh, 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 and she gives him the okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then when we come into Rise, and he's still just Commander Dameron. Um, yeah. No real character development there. Yeah, it, it it to me like that movie should have started with him. It, the trailers got me so uh, they they lulled me into a false sense of security because we saw so much of Poe towards the end of the movie talking to everybody and rallying the troops and that sort of thing. Um, right. That I thought that we were going to get that that we were going to get him as essentially in the same role that Leia was in in empire right where she's mm-hmm. telling everybody this is what we're gonna do you're gonna we have two escorts to the transports and that sort of thing um but uh i will kind of everybody kind of regressed a little bit in rise so it's uh yeah. that's that's one of the main frustrations i think that a lot of fans have uh, specifically last jedi fans have with that movie because well, um, it's not like it was an easy journey for any of them all all three of those the 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 trio characters that went through these um like really like the meaty parts of their arcs in that movie it's like none of it pays off in in rise and we just kind of go back to where they were um at the end of the force awakens it was just kind of agreeing but yeah i mean yeah it, we could we could go on and on and on about the last jedi uh until Absolutely. the cows come home uh there's always more to talk about with this movie but uh, and you're welcome well, to come on sisters too if you want oh ab- yeah absolutely um yeah for sure i i but i uh, will we'll leave it there and i uh, and and i'm sure that that this conversation will continue uh in in future forms i uh, <laughs> and maybe we'll maybe we'll get into rise of skywalker next time um yeah i'd love to be back yeah for sure for sure uh we will definitely have you back um Thank you, thank you for for being on the show. Thank you for taking some time out and uh, and 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 coming on the show and talking about. Uh, I mean, listening to me talk for a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, where so where can people find you? Where's where's the best people place for people to find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Blurred Girl Jedi. Sisters with Sabers is at Sabers with. Um, so you can find us there and of course we're on everywhere that podcasts are awesome I I will definitely I, I retweet some links on our Twitter as well um, oh, so you'll be able to find it there um, and uh, and I'm sure the, this post will have uh, uh, all of that information in it as well uh, Maria again thank you so much for coming on uh, thank you everybody uh, for listening um, and I, I, we will catch you guys on the next episode. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. 
first by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.